We're coming in live with our first podcast ever, the Mike and Mike Show, coming live from Gentry Consulting in downtown Albertville. I know you're all excited, and this is sponsored by Svedka and Sprite Zero, with no ice, the drink that keeps chilling. So, our podcast is called Top 5, and... On each podcast episode, we're going to pick a category of top five. Now, Michael and I are music fans and are fairly knowledgeable. We've been told that we're knowledgeable, but we sort of split. Michael's knowledge runs really deep, and he can carry over into classic country music with the best of them and hold his own very well in classic rock area, um, as well as we can spin off. Uh, on other genres, and he's got some great knowledge. I'm an old-school classic rock guy and an old-school uh, outlaw country guy, so these would be different opinions on what we think the top five classic rock albums are, and we're going to start out by taking a drink of Svedka first. And first, we're going to do our honorable mention. Didn't yes. quite make the cut. Yeah, so there's... Everyone has their own favorite rock albums, uh, rock songs, etc. So we, we're sure we're not going to get them all. It's just five we're choosing. So we've got honorable mentions. We're going to throw a couple out there. So I'll let Michael throw out his first honorable mention. I don't mind the mine could be swapped in for five at any moment. But these are the ones that I just left out. The first one was ZZ Top and Trace Ombre. Excellent. Honor to... Dusty Hill, who left us this year, that's uh, one of my favorite albums. It, uh, there's not a bad song on it. Um, it's got a couple live tracks on, on that album, if I recall, that are, that are really good as well. So it, uh, the lineup in that album, it's one through five songs is just knock your socks off, and the rest are, you know, some B-cuts, but it's ZZ Top B-cut. They're worthy. Excellent. And my second honorable mention was ACDC, Back in Black. The album everyone had when I was in high school. And the most popular song on it is my least favorite. Which is um, Shook Me All Night Long or Hell's Bells or Back in Black. Back, Back in Black, Black. yeah. But there's a couple of songs on there that is, you could call it sleepers. Oh, yeah. They, they, that album is full of sleepers. As a matter of fact, I think personally every song on that album could have potentially be, been released as a single. Uh, Radio Play killed Shook Me All Night Long and Back in Black and Hell's Bells for sure. But you start getting into uh, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, well, Shoot got, the Thrill, Have a Drink, a do- on, me. Have a drink, drink on, on Me, Giving the Dog a Bone. What would you do for the money, honey? Yep, honey, what do you do for the yeah, what would you do for money, honey? Those are those are number one hits if it's on someone else's album, or their top ten, their top ten rock hits for someone else's album. Um, so, if you have honorable mentions, I do have some honorable mentions, and I have to echo that uh, "Back in Black" to me did not make uh, the top five. Um, you know, I'd put it honorable mention, probably at a six or seven. Who knows? I think the honorable mentions, and if you had top ten six through ten, if that's your honorable mentions, uh, they're interchangeable parts. They could wind up any, anywhere um, in the conversation. 
I would probably say the other honorable mention that I have is Paranoid by Black Sabbath. That was their first scorcher. I mean, that album was great. You know, it'll make it'll make top five in some list, but I would probably have to go with Paranoid. That's uh, Ozzy at his best, and Naomi is just wearing it out. So that's that wraps up. There's several others we can talk about, but let's let's get to before we get into the top five. Okay, I have to mention today is Waylon Jennings' birthday. Oh Lord. Sorry. Snort some cocaine on us, boys and girls. I had to mention that. Yep. That's the uh, probably my favorite country singer of all time. The man could sing a phone book, even with the $30,000 a week cocaine habit. Okay. Now on to the top five. Okay. Top five. So drum roll. My fifth one, and this has changed with that actually the past couple of weeks with the five on me. Is Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. Excellent. I mean, you've got probably their crowning achievement in Brown Sugar. Recording Muscle Shoals. Sway. Wild Horses. Can't You Hear Me Knocking? Yep. And it shows they can do country and they can do blues when they recorded You Gotta Move, which was a Mississippi Fred McDowell song. It's got Ditch, I Got the Blues. Just some more theme. Another country influence song in Dead Flowers. Yeah. Moonlight Mile. Dead Flowers has been covered over and over again. Do you know who wrote Dead Flowers? Dead Flowers was the, the Stones wrote that. Keith wrote that? Yes. Okay. I wonder if they cut that in Muscle Shoals as well. No, the three songs that were recorded in Muscle Shoals was Brown Sugar, Wild Horses, Wild Horses. which Keith wrote on the toilet. Yes, he did. And you got to move with the Mississippi Fed. Okay, well, that's good to know, uh, Rolling Stones fans. Three of the, probably to me, the Stones' best album for sure, Sticky Fingers. Three of those songs recorded here in our great state of Alabama in Muscle Shoals where uh, Michael and I both have toured the studio scene in, in the Shoals and we got to see actually the bathroom where they had the sound just right coming out of the bathroom, if I remember the story correct. So Keith could go in there and sit right and play, they could play some and sing from that bathroom, which was... They said that's know, where Dwayne Alvin always pointed his amp out, and he sat on the toilet and, and played. And played. Fascinating. If you haven't done the Muscle Shoals uh, Fame Studio Tour and the other studio, uh, which is uh, 3164 Jackson Highway, they're both fantastic, and they both have a, a different vibe to them, but uh, they're both time capsules, music time capsules for sure. So it's worth the trip. Stay at the Shoals Marriott. Don't uh, pull your gun out on any golfers while they're there playing at the, no, at the Robert Trent Jones. I, I didn't do that, but I thought about it. So anyway, golfers and classic rock guys, you know, we don't always uh, see eye to eye. So I'm going to start out with my top five. My, num my number five is Trey Sambos. So I'm a ZZ Top nut. It's my favorite ZZ Top album. I think it was done so well. It was a, um, a real turning, I think it was their turning point in their career. They were already a, a hot ticket in Texas, but when Tres Hombres come out, you had songs like Drift LaGrange on it, you know, I mean, that, that one song alone carries the whole album, but it's, got, it's accompanied by a whole bunch of good music. It is, I mean, I agree. Like I say, it's 5A, 5B, something yep, like that. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, 
your five was sticky fingers, my five was tres hombres. Okay, little differences. All right, so let's move on to number four. Number four for me was Boss, the debut album. Because how many people have a debut album that's their greatest hits? I think so. Present. Um, I mean, the, the tracks on that, More Than a Feeling, Peace of Mind, Four Play Long Time, Rock and Roll Band, Smoking, mm. Hitch a Ride, Something About Gonna You. Going to Take You Home Tonight. Let Me Take You, let home, me take tonight. you home Tonight. I mean, tonight. that's a greatest hits album. Every, every song is a hit. Not every song was released as a single, but it actually could have been. But they needed to put something on the backside of the 45s. So that was basically how that worked. Tom Schultz is a genius. And Brad Depp was one of the greatest voices ever in rock Without a doubt. And he doesn't get near enough credit, the late, great Brad Depp. Uh, Schultz seems to get all the credit for Boston, rightfully so. You know, Tom Schultz was an MIT graduate. Well, he produced it in his basement. Mm-hmm. He's, he engineered, produced it in his own basement. And the studio cuts, I think he played several of the instruments besides just lead guitar. So... It's a winner. And I, I, mean, I can't him. argue it. I would put it as one of my honorable mentions deep. And I had the album when it came out. When I was old enough to afford to buy an album, I think I was in the fifth grade, and I bought Boston. Everybody had it. Hell, I had the T-shirt. I saw Boston three years ago, and Tom Schultz at 71, it's, it's still got it. He's amazing. So he's like 74 I mean, now. you can't like replace Brad Dell. You can't, but they can find. You can. Voices are easier to. Thank you, YouTube. Yes. Ask Journey. Yes, Ask Journey, where they got this Arnell, uh, the Philippines, off of YouTube. So voices can be found. Um, what's hard to replace is when you lose someone like, you know, Troy Caldwell, Marsha Tucker. Well, it, you know, some when, of the musicianship. In my opinion, that, when they lost Toy, that was the heart of their band. Mm-hmm. When the Allman Brothers lost to Wayne, they changed their sound and they went from it to a different type of band. Dickie wanted to bring uh, them into a country. He band. wanted the, a country, country or blues sound for sure. And um, I think the Wayne was actually dead when Eat a Peach came out. But there's some of the live recordings where Dwayne is on the well, album. And hopefully, one day we will do a, a top five live albums. Yeah, you, we that'll make the list. Yeah, the, okay. Okay. So nice segue, because uh, my number four is Eat a Peach by the Almond Brothers. Um, I rec- it, wa- it wasn't even in my top five, but I recently saw a concert at Avondale in Birmingham, and this band, uh, Trouble No More. And Taz, you know, we played with the trucks, Tedeschi and, and Butch trucks and all that. And when he was little, uh, got to tour around and meet the Almond Brothers. So it's just a big Almond Brothers fan, 17-year-old guy, and they did the whole album. And I listened to it, and I was I was feeling real good about myself that night. So I just got into it. Went home. I've played Eat a Peach from start to finish probably 20 times since I've seen that concert. It was that good. So I give it – it's got a lot of mood feelings and swings in it. You go from, you know, wasting time to, you know, this instrumental that's just out of this world, and the whole album – plays like albums should you know I think originally albums the, the older artists crafted albums as a body of work and every song sort of made sense where 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 it showed up on on the album whether it, it was three or it's four amazing or, how little things can turn you on yeah what really turned me on I, I mean I've listened to the Rolling Stones and I love sticky fingers but when the blackberry smoke come out with that 
and their version of how I got the blues. And that's a good sway on that. That is a good sway. Made me go back and rediscover that album and just Well, but that's a good point. That's exactly what happened when I saw this uh, uh, Trouble No More cover band. It made me go back and revisit Eat a Peach and realize what a what a masterpiece it is. And even the folklore behind the album cover, you know, it has the peach truck. And the folklore is that Dwayne's motorcycle accident was he was involved with a peach truck, whether he got run over, hit, or whatever. And don't I'm not even sure if that's true. Is that true? To be honest with you, I don't know. The main thing I know about those, the wreck was, it was, what, two blocks from where Barry Oakley? Yes. When he had his wreck. Yeah, so really strange. Really strange. And he was how old? 21? Dwayne? He was older than that. Yeah, he was in his mid-twenties. Yeah, he's not older than 25 or 26 in that accident. But what a loss. What a loss to music. Can you imagine what Dwayne, if Dwayne Allman was still alive, what kind of blues he would have churned out throughout his career? Well, you know, he teamed up with Eric, which mm -hmm. is phenomenal. I can only imagine if he would have lived to team up with Stevie Ray. Yeah, what if Stevie, and if Stevie Ray had lived, still been alive, and Dwayne was still alive, and they all, and him and Clapton, you know, Clapton is, is king. Clapton is considered guitar god. But I don't know if he'd have held that crown if Dwayne and Stevie Ray were still alive. I, I just don't know. No. It'd be, it'd be, there's three kings. Yeah. It'd be the I three agree. kings, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, what number are excellent. we on? So, that was my fourth. Okay, my third is, and I'm going to take the heat from this from people at work, because it's not hired, but my third is, Leonard Skinner, it's pronounced Leonard Skinner. Oh, wow, pronounced. I mean, because it's got, I ain't the one, peace is gone, give me three steps, simple man, one of my favorites, things going on, Mississippi kid, and the least track on there, which is still a good song, is Poison Whiskey. Mm, okay. And it's got Freebird. Hard to top that. And that is not in my top five, but that would definitely be in a top ten situation for me. Um, I know that you're a, I'm a, we're all Skinner fans here. Um, one of America's greatest rock bands um, out of Florida, out of Gainesville, Florida. Um, fabulous. Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, you almost gave me the famous, <laughs> no! It's Jacksonville, Florida, damn it. Okay, so three. So my three is, um, I think you'll agree that this is worthy. It's um, Layla and Assorted Love Songs by Derek and the Dominoes. We were just talking about the Clapton, Dwayne Allman team up. I love that album, but my thing with it, it's like, it's in a different category because it's a double album. You yeah, know what I mean? That's You're true. getting twice as many songs. That's true. So should I remove that from the list? We did I mean, not that, call out a, double it's, albums. It's your list. Well, I'm keeping it. But that's we and didn't I, and pull I, it out. You know, because I the Clapton. second the second album, isn't it all live tracks? It's the deluxe. It's no, a it's lot not. Of, it's a lot of weird studio. Because they did, Derek and the Dominoes actually did a live album. Yeah. 
Well, I'm sticking with it well, for, for my mean, third. You got Layla, um, Motherless. No, Motherless Children is on Bullet, Ocean Boulevard. It's got, it's got uh, one of the best. Bell Bottom Blues. One of the best tracks is Key to the Highway. Key to the Highway. And actually, Bell Bottom Blues was recorded for Dwayne Kane. And so Dwayne's not on Bell Bottom Blues. Okay. Um, but they do a remake of Jimi Hendrix Little Wing on that, too. And people are going to dog me for this, but Little Wing is least, my least favorite Jimi Hendrix song. It's probably been covered by more than anybody. It has. But that one song, when they, they cover, I'm having a moment here, it's an old blues cover. They cover Key to the Highway. Yeah. And they're just like in the middle of the solos. I mean, they're screaming and yelling. It's just like they're having a good time. Yeah. Well, and you can tell that whole vibe is through that album when they were recording it. I mean, there's... And another song on that, one of my favorite songs, It's Too Late. It's Too Late. It's an old R&B song yeah. that they covered. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. The dueling guitars when Dwayne and Eric are playing in that on well, Little Wing is fantastic. What I like on It's Too Late, Dwayne's playing the slide, and then Eric's coming over the top of it. Mm-hmm. With the lead, yep, and, that and makes you, it you get that in a couple other songs they do too. Oh, yeah. In Little Wing, uh, they're able to they're they're able to duo versus a Jimi Hendrix, Little Wing, and a Stevie uh, Ray, and it, they created a different sound because they used both guitars, as you were mentioning. Dwayne was the next Elmore James. I mean, Elmore James was the king of the slide guitar. He, he was. And then when Dwayne came along. And he learned to play slide off a pill bottle. He did. So he went on a horseback ride with Greg. Greg took him on a horseback ride. Now, correct me if I'm wrong in this story. And he broke his arm. He told him when they crossed the railroad track that the horse was shot or he was going to jump. And Greg said, no, come on. And he fell off and broke his arm and was pissed at Greg. Yep. And Greg carried him a bottle of pain pills. And a Taj Mahal record. Taj Mahal record. And that's where he got the idea to record Statesboro Blues. So he took all the pain pills, had an empty medicine bottle, put it on his slide finger, and he called Greg up and said, hey, baby bro, that's what he called him, and said, come over here right now. I got something I want you to listen to. And he was all gacked out on pain pills, which he needed. He was in pain, but he was sliding with that pill bottle. And Greg had that pill bottle until the day he died. That's crazy. That's good shit. Wow. Okay. So, we're down to the top two. Okay. Number two for me, and people are going to say I'm biased because I love the Eagles. But I have to preface this. This is not my favorite Eagles album. But I think it's their, their best work is Hotel California. There's no doubt. I mean, you've got Hotel California. New Kid in Town, Life in the Fast Lane, Wasted Time, Wasted Time, Recry, Victim of Love. Pretty Maids All in a Row. And Try and Love Resort. Again. Try and Love Again is one of their greatest songs. Meisner is doing a fantastic Very vocal. underestimated song. Yes. And it, it you, never, you don't hear it that much unless you're playing it at home. And I would encourage you. That is a fantastic song. God. So... You just bumped sticky fingers from number two for me because I need to put Hotel California there with you. Um, it has it's not it, it's not number one. I think we'll agree on number one. The whole world's going to agree on number one. 
but Hotel California is America's finest, finest band at their in their best album. And there's only one album that beats it, and that is Say It. For me, the yep. Eagles yep. is on the border. Okay, but what is the number one album that would beat number two, that would beat Hotel California? Oh, the number one album is, is Led Zeppelin Four. Absolutely. I mean, it, anybody that does not have that, that in their top five of rock and roll albums, you're an idiot. Yes, you suck. Don't I tune mean, in next week. Because there's Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, and don't get me wrong, classic rock really screwed Stairway to Heaven. But when you sit back and separate it, it's still a good song. It's still, it still is possibly the number one classic rock song of all time, it's is Stairway to Heaven. Misty Mountain Hop. Four Sticks, Going to California, and When the Levee Breaks. Which yeah. Most people don't know that the Levee Breaks, When the Levee Breaks was a cover. It's an old blues song. Yes. It's, it's an, an old blues song old blues about blues New Orleans. Song. Yes, and it's an old blues song. It's also probably one of the greatest rock songs that leads in with a, a drum solo. That song grabs you, John Bonham grabs you right from the start with When the Levee Breaks with with the levy breaks with that riff, so we're we're in total agreement there. Um, that is a very covered song, but it's not a rec very recorded cover song. The only recording that you might hear that is worthy, that's not Led Zeppelin, is Heart, when they were at the Kennedy Honors and they were playing tribute to uh, Led Zeppelin, and they did Stairway to Heaven. I tell you. Uh, cover on this album, you ought to check out, and he's one of the kings of early rock and roll. Jerry Lee Lewis does rock and roll, and Slash is playing guitar on it. Oh, wow. If you've never heard that, you need to check that I've out. I've never heard it, so Alexa will be playing that when I get home tonight, so definitely. So, that's, that's our top five, uh, boys and girls. I think it's a pretty darn good list. Um, all debatable, and that's the great thing about when you, when we uh, had the idea to do this podcast, we originally were talking about doing top ten and top this, we're like, no, that's too easy. Let's narrow it down and make it debatable, because if you can squeeze things into a top five category, it really becomes more subject for debate, because of all those honorable mention albums. Well, yes, and you know that I take a hard stance on Yes. But I finally come to terms and, you know, it's, you know, you might have different opinions than what I have. Opinions and taste matter, but one thing I think I'm pretty solid on is that Led Zeppelin Four is the best number one classic rock album well, of all time. Well, my opinion is if you don't have that in your top five, then you have no credibility. Mm -hmm. So, Radis Vedka. And next week, we're going to find a new topic for top fives. And Mike did tell you that I was leaned a little more towards country. And Hank Williams Jr., new album comes out Friday. Okay. And it's all blues covers. Oh, it's got to be good. He's got about three songs that are already out. You should check those out. Well, Hank's, Hank's voice, is, he's at an age where his voice can even sound bluesier, if you will. He does a Robert Johnson cover. 
cities. It blew me away. And one thing I've always appreciated for the people that don't like country music, Hank Williams Jr. loves all kinds of music. Just listening to his music, he sings about I've seen it. him in concert, and he'll play I Found My Thrill on Blueberry Hill. Yeah, I mean, and he's got some uh, young country, he says. We like ZZ Top. We like country and rock. Just to, just to throw that out there, and you know, uh, we'll come up with a, another top five for next week. There's so, so many things we can do. Tune in next Wednesday. We'll be back with another top five. One of these days, we'll actually have a, uh, a request line and music to play during the break. So, once again, this has been brought to you by Svedka and Sprite Zero, the drink that keeps refreshing. We're signing off to have another. Bye-bye.